Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Oh yeah, we're back again. That was a good intro. You like that? Oh yeah. We're gonna oh have, yeah. We're gonna have to brand that. Uh, guys, we're back again here in the studio. Got myself, Cody Kellum, and Mr. Noah Montgam- Mon- wow. Montgomery. I thought we were closer than that. I know. Just murdered that. Um, we're in the studio today. Instead of a campfire, instead of on a hunt or over the internet, and Noah and I have been talking about really going through kind of a systematic approach on intro to elk calling. If it if you've never picked up an elk call before, this is going to be a great podcast. Um, and if this is something that you guys really like and want to see more of or hear more of, let us know. Send us an email to info at bornraisedoutdoors.com. And we can dive in maybe uh, with some of your guys' questions in, yeah. in some future episodes. And this might be one of those things where if you're super advanced, uh, you might not get a whole lot out of it. But maybe you've also at the same time done a bunch of calling and maybe you struggle on some mechanical sides of it and there's some things that you you can't do certain ways to where this could still help you even if you are a little bit more experienced caller so yeah and so i think the the thing i want to talk about is just types of calls how to use those calls what do those sounds sound like um and probably give you a little blurb of a practice session where you can practice blowing while you're listening in on this podcast so if you've got a diaphragm handy uh you know pop it in while you're listening to this thing and try to like I said, not not professional by any means. We've had a lot of experience calling elk, um, and we work on some certain sounds, and hopefully we can uh, pass that along to you. So, Let's get into it. Um, perfect. I think the, the first and foremost thing, um, one thing that we've learned over the years that a mouth call is a key to our success, um, whether it's using it to stop an animal, whether it's to bugle and locate an animal, or get aggressive and get into a screaming match with the bull. So it's one that I will not leave the truck with. Would you agree? Yeah. And that like the, the point you made about being able to stop an animal is worth its weight to me. If, if a mouth read could not do anything besides stop an animal, I would probably still have one on me all the time. Correct. But they are, you know, much more versatile for, for all of your bugling sounds. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing, um, as you get proficient with a mouth call, you can, pretty well stick any single read yeah elk read in your mouth and make most of your sounds out of it and there's going to have some variance of a air pressure and tone um and that's kind of the whole gambit like when we designed the arc frame to to really try to start from the easiest blown cow call out there to a really aggressive thick latex um so i'll just kind of talk through like when you are shopping mouth calls um like I said, most most companies on the market, including ourselves at the Born and Raised Call Co., we do a single read elk call. Um, we use different latexes and different stretches, and those are what is really going to man- manipulate the sound yeah. um, for you. So, um, like in the case, we're actually just launching the Easy Cow. Um, our our mission was for someone that may have never used an, a mouth call 
to come up with the easiest blowing cow call and um, and that's kind of a combination like I talked about latex thickness and stretch and how much pressure you can put across it but we really wanted one that you could throw in your mouth you've never blown a diaphragm call figure yeah. out how to get the air sealed off and make a note out of it and if you're brand, brand new to mouth calls and you kind of don't even know what we're talking about yet we actually have a really good uh, diagram on our website um, under the diaphragm call section that has a i mean a pictorial graph of everything and it shows you just the different latex thicknesses and the stretch so there's two things that go into it latex thickness and stretch and if you imagine it like a piece of paper that you hold in between your hands and you blow on it the tighter you stretch it the easier it's going to be to get that paper to vibrate back and forth Um, the looser it is the harder it's going to be to get that paper to vibrate back and forth but it's going to have a little bit deeper sound come out of it correct yep and so um, and then two like uh, I talked about here, we have an, it's called an arc frame, but it's, it's basically a dome above the latex. So that's going to go on the roof of your mouth. There's a lot of other companies, um, you know, if, like the originator, I think Rocky from was the one that had the patent on it for so many years. And then Primos came out with, used yeah. that patent and it was like the, the, it was those orange plastic well, Don't, yeah, even before that was, that was like the the imperial plate or, you know, yeah. basically they called it a, a plated uh, mouth call. Um, and there's other yeah. other manufacturers on the market that make similar ones. They've gone from aluminum to plastic, kind of the whole gambit. Um, we use a, all aluminum frame, a one-piece frame, so there's not a, any variance there. But um, the biggest thing when you look at a mouth call is, and it's really hard, there's we try to get the closest frame width that's going to fit all mouse. And there's some that are wider, some that are narrower. Um, and we kind of ran one that's kind of right in that sweet spot based on what we talk to people, our own experiences. Um, and then there are also some elk calls out there that are flat and they don't have a um, dome or arc frame type, like what we've got on the market. And that those can be used as well. Like I think, some people have found some real success with it, but the biggest thing is getting something that's going to fit in your mouth. And sometimes, um, getting that seal can be the hardest challenge. A lot of people say, I can't blow a mouth call. I have a gag reflex and they stick it in their mouth. Well, a lot of times what's happening, if, if you're one of those people, chances are you're shoving it way back on the backside of your tongue. And if you have a narrow palate, and, and I've experienced this where all of a sudden it's like oh, too far back, yeah. start, start the gag process. Um, so you can position that call quite a few different ways in your mouth. Yeah, it's also just a new experience, and it's going to be a foreign feeling at first. So even if it's not too far back, it may just take a little bit to, to get used to that feeling. Um, and what that tape for that surrounds the aluminum frame is it kind of serves like a like a rubber flange on something like you imagine under your garage door uh, to keep the dead air from coming back or forth. And what that is, is just an air seal around the aluminum frame on the roof of your mouth. And just so you get constant consistent air pressure across the across the surface of the latex yeah it's great great point um so the one thing that can be done guys if you're having difficulty you can trim this tape to narrow that up so i actually have a very narrow palette in comparison to some of the other guys here in the crew 
And so I, I've figured out how to not trim it. But in the past, when I was struggling with some of those diaphragm calls, I would start at like a 16th of an inch and trim mm-hmm. the outside edges um, from that and start narrowing it up until I got a good fit where my teeth weren't letting that air pass pass by on the frame and your wife's or mom's or grandma's sewing scissors work really good for that just fyi yeah (laughs) just put them back sharp sharp scissors is key on that one um and then kind of what we talk about placement so if you hold a diaphragm in your in your mouth you you know you place that dome on the upward side of your mouth um in our case that arc frame and the single latex is going to go down um and start low. I actually taught myself turkey call when I was 10 years old and I had to fold the tape over 90 degrees in the top of it. Um, because, and then I, I basically placed it at the very front of my mouth, just behind my teeth on my lower jaw. And that was the only way I could blow on it without gagging. So, um, over the years, it's definitely, I've been able to manipulate that in a, in several different positions, but the big thing with that dome, it's going to put that place, that call, off the roof of your mouth at the correct angle to get that proper airflow vibrating that reed. Um, so I'll basically kind of jump in here with how that call is going to sit in your mouth yeah. and get some sample air pressure, air presentations on it. So that call I'll bring back and just my lower canines, I guess it is, is where my the bottom of the reed is going to be placed against. And then I'll start with some simple air presentations. And the before I talk about that air presentations, so there's two different ways. A lot of with a diaphragm call or a mouth call, that air is about pressure. So it's presented from your diaphragm. So if you think about blowing out candles on a cake, that's the wrong air presentation. That that um, high volume, low pressure isn't going to get the sounds that you want out of it. So you want to think about fogging, uh, fogging your glasses if you're going to clean your glasses. Yeah. So instead of a, you're going to get this. Yeah. And right when you put that thing in your mouth, just try to, if you've never had a a diaphragm read in your mouth, um, just try to get any noise out of it. Don't focus too hard on, on getting the basics down yet, but just get used to what tongue position you need and air pressure you need to get any noise out of that call and then work from there. Yep. So with that call in my mouth, the first thing I'm going to do to just get a simple cow call is blow. So my jaw is up tight. My tongue pressure is tight against the diaphragm call and I'm just going to go. And kind of drop the jaw a little bit. Drop my jaw and that's going to change that note from that high to low. So sample cow call. And the biggest thing, I think, uh, what I've seen from people, they try to keep their lips pursed or closed, which, mm. like, if you turkey call, that is key to manipulate the sounds. And with an elk call, it's the opposite. It's keeping that mouth open. You're relax. not trying to, yeah, yeah relax, relax your cheek muscles, all of that. And it's all about the airflow across the diaphragm, the pressure of your tongue touching that latex, and slowly letting off, dropping your jaw that'll get that high to low sound yeah. 
And if you're getting like a real loose vibrating sound and it kind of tickles your tongue, all you're going to need is just a little bit more tongue pressure. And, and if you have too much tongue pressure, it's going to be super high and it's going to be really hard to control. So you kind of want to find that happy medium. See if I can do a incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that'll tickle your tongue. Yep. And then too much air or, or too much pressure. It almost sounds like it wants to get there, but you can tell it's super hard to control with that much pressure. And, you know, it doesn't take that much air to make a call. I no. think that a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to blow up the biggest balloon known to man. And, and yeah. really, you're not. <coughs> Just simple air presentation gets that um, that call across. And like I said before... There's a lot of different variables. Um, just kind of run through just sound profiles of what I've got here in my hand. So that was that last one was the easy cow. And like I said, we're trying to get just a simple cow call for someone that's uh, new to a diaphragm, can pick it up, present air, and make a sound yeah. out of it. It's not going to be too finicky, and it's not going to take as much air. So you'll just be able to learn on it that much, that much quicker. And then, so we have a read here. This is called the LOF. Um, this one has a thicker latex and a, and a pretty tight stretch. And this is, for me, more of a bugling read. You can make a cow call out of it. Um, but this is what that read sounds like. And you can hear some of that airflow going by. And that's the, the challenge with that thicker latex. And what he says, like when he's referring to it being more of a, uh, a bugling read, is generally... Um, guys are going to use something with a little bit thicker latex that's harder to blow and takes a little bit more pressure to bugle just because you're generally putting that much more air into the sequence. So you don't want something that you're going to blow past. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then um, my favorite read that I, I pack around, this is a September read, and I think it's pretty versatile from a yeah. cow call to a bugle. But this is what that cow call, I feel like I can, this one's broken. I used all season last year. So I can get some really soft, quiet sounds out of it. Yeah. Sounds good. So, um, and then we've got another one that's coming down the pipe later this summer called the OTC. And this is a sound profile on that. And as you can see, like that sound, you can kind of get that uh, almost nasally sound out yeah. of it as you open that mouth up and that reed starts vibrating at a, at a higher frequency. Um, so that's just kind of the basics. Um, like I said, I think this is really, we should do a YouTube video on this to kind of show yeah. you guys some of the visual on it, but just wanted to jump in here on the podcast, get some of those sounds so you guys can practice um, just playing around with that and get the call comfortable in your mouth. Um, and the best time to practice, honestly, is when you're in your truck, driving yeah. from work, driving to the house, whatever it yeah. is, just trying to really, um, spend the time behind it. Don't be that guy on opening morning. Like, well, last time I blown the call was September 27th of last yeah. year. And yep. here we go. And kind of why, I mean, these reeds are meant to be blown and they're meant to be blown through, you know, and if you're blowing them for hours every day. Uh, you're going to go through them multiple a year, maybe multiple a season, but that's why they're priced the way that they are too. And they're, and they're meant to be used and they're meant to be um, disposed of when they're blown out. But 
they're they're meant to practice and like cody said practicing in your truck or car or whatever um the guys from tetra hearing actually kind of ripped cody and i a new one because we they asked when we practice our calling and we told them well in the truck usually for a couple hours a day but uh for elk calling and, and everything else that's the most proficient time to practice and, and if you're just starting out and trying to get that basic um two note cow call down then even right now it'd just be a good time to pause this listen back to a couple of those um audio samples and just work on that that basic two note cow call yep and then one thing i want to touch on just is storage and how you store that read is very important yeah um the biggest thing, don't just throw it up on your dash after you're done practicing and let it sit in the sun. Guilty. What, <laughs> what will happen is that reed will, that latex will dry out and start cracking, and that's when it's going to get fragile. Um, so the biggest thing is getting the moisture off of it. And then um, the number one storage, honestly, is putting it in the fridge. That Really? Yeah, exactly. I know that. Yeah, that latex in that humid um, environment, cool environment, and there's constant airflow. In exactly. There too. Yep. Yeah. That's that's like your number one thing. Um, these have been living in my bino harness in my truck, but out yeah. of the sun. So there's definitely, um, like like I said, I used it yeah. all last September. It looks a little rugged, but yeah. it still works. There's a happy medium there too. You don't want them to get dried out, but you don't also don't want to put them in like a plastic case or something that gets zero airflow. Correct. Yeah. You want that reed to to be dry. So don't yeah. don't keep it where all that saliva is that that's where you can get introduced to uh bacteria get some mold or anything like that when it has that uh wet wet surface all the time um so kind of that's that's just the initial side of it on mouth cow calls um we can jump in on bugles here and, and i'll run you through just some of the basics on how we blow a bugle how we present air and what the strategy is there yeah and the biggest thing too like when i first transitioned from going from easy cow calls on a mouth read to a bugle is just you're basically just slowing that sequence down and that cow call if you just figured it out it's that starting high with good tongue pressure and kind of dropping your jaws you go to get that that end sound and a bugle is just really an elongated version of that where you're also coming into it a little bit slower so yep. get that basic step down and then you, you'll be able to figure out the bugle a lot easier yeah and i think a lot of people just try to jump in and pick up a mouth call and grab a bugle yeah. and i'm gonna bugle like nail down the cow call get get to where you're fluent where you can make several different notes yeah. based on your air presentation and that cow call and that'll give you a lot more yeah. stepping stone and a base and it really is it's just building a base right yeah. slow don't worry about trying to go fast yeah any of those and that cow call is the the main building block that goes into all the rest of it if you think of it in terms of waterfowl calling or goose calling you know your cluck and your double cluck are you know going to be to some variation everything else that you learn from there on so and i will say too like if you are um if you've never blown an elk call but you're really proficient in a turkey call there is some definite similarities but also yeah. when you're turkey calling you've you, generally speaking you have multiple layers of latex and you're trying to get that to break over to yeah. to break and that's when you're dropping dropping your jaw on a yelp um, you just need to, generally speaking, present less air um, in a cow call, and you're not trying to break that read over. Turkey calling's like like short, abrupt, fighting words, and, tow- and elk calling's just like a little smooth, romantic, just smooth, <laughs> just spitting your, spit, spit your best game yeah. that you can. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, just smooth jazz. So just as far as air presentation, um, I'll go through a sample with the reed with no bugle tube and show you what that sounds and, like. And try to do it a little exaggerated too. So what he's going to do is he's going to come up into the reed slow with his tongue and then back off of it slow to show you guys that bell curve. Um, but what you'll actually hear before the note even breaks over is that air passage before his tongue hits where it's supposed to. Um, so you can kind of get an idea of his tongue coming up, but then back down ever so slowly. <laughs> Yeah. So on that initial first part, um, you can hear that air coming across. It starts in the vibration. It's going to build pressure all the way through, like you talked about that bell curve up to the high note, and then drop back down. As, as I'm dropping back down, the next level is just automatic. I didn't mean to do it, but I added voice into it, and that gets yeah. kind of that growl and a bugle. So um, with the tube, this is what that sounds like. Yeah. And that note you're hitting at the top, it's a lot like the beginning of a cow call. Um, and one of the best analogies I've heard of it is like a mosquito noise. So if you do it without the tube or anything, uh, that one consistent note at the top is pretty important. And if you're doing it without a tube, it should sound like the sound of a mosquito or a bug right in your ear. It's just that, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Um, so just practice working through like i said don't worry about length or speed going low to high back down to low yeah um and then as you get proficient then it's like you already know where your tongue placement is you can start a bugle high and just have that sharp shrill dropping down to a low note um you know you can build in add voice inflection in the very beginning to get a growl and then you can kind of play with the length duration and intensity of that bugle yeah Let's hear another sound sample when it's all when it's all said and done. Um, so that goes into that high note, holding that high note, and then one call that we've really keyed in on, on locating elk. We used to think that we had to just hold the high note as long as we could forever, forever, yeah. and yeah. that's going to get the bulls to locate. And we've been playing around, and it seems like the last few years we've been doing this two tone locator bugle and that two-tone for us has been um a low note up to a high note and it seems like that low note's kind of like the train horn right it's that low bassy noise that carries a long ways you'd think it'd be the high shrill note that resonates throughout the woods but it's not it's it's a little bit of that 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 lower tone yep so this is what that note sounds like Hopefully that uh, sound's getting recorded good from blowing out that way. But uh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's that low, think of that foghorn, think, yeah. think of that as the car horn um, that's going to get that sound to locate. And um, then, you know, as your bugle pr- progresses, the thing to start introducing would be next, I would say, is the lip ball. Just to, it's going to be on the bugle note itself. And this took me, I, I still remember the day exact day it happens i was working at waldron's it was on a sunday morning it was just john rains and i in the store and we were playing around and i think i was about 16 years old and i'll and i'm trying to make that and i finally got my lips to touch in the bugle and um 
carried that note and I just remember the look on my face like both of us were like oh my gosh it, it. Fin- finally happened um, and so the lip ball you're going to make that same bugle sound with the diaphragm but as you end or close that bugle you're going to start pursing your lips together and it's going to get this yeah I mean just as simple as that it's your lips are tight but think about um, possibly if you've blown a, an instrument like a trump or a trumpet or something like that yeah. where you're presenting air in there it's very similar in that sound of it so outside the or inside the bugle tube you're going to sound like this kind of that dragon dragon-esque uh you're not adding any voice it's just the vibration of your lips that's going to give that sound sample um so with a reed in my mouth this is just the uh lip ball Um, so that, that's something to practice. Like I said, you don't have to have a bugle tube. If you got just a Pepsi two liter bottle or, you know, practicing that pressure into that hole is how you're going to emulate that. And I will say like, if you struggle with that one a little bit and you're just getting into calling, it's probably, you know, if you look in the mirror when you're calling, you're probably, you know, leaving your mouth pretty open and relaxed to get those initial sounds. And that's a different one where it can be harder for people right away, uh, to, to purse your lips out and get them to touch. And for me, I can't do it without a tube. I can do it with a tube just fine, but the pressure of the tube and kind of being able to lean into it helps me a ton. Yeah, and that was one kind of like uh, just we've got that the, our bomb bugle tube. We had a bigger mouth cavity because we'd heard people having some difficulties with some narrower cavities. Um, so this really helps you kind of put, put your mouth, getting it fully into that tube and getting that sound to translate down into the tube. So in a full bugle, this is what that sound profile is going to sound like. So at the at the tail end, that bottom third of that bugle is when you're going to induce that lip pressure, and you're going to get the sound of that lip ball in yeah. it. And what that is is just a realistic noise, and it adds another depth um, to your calling that maybe some people can't do, and maybe it separates you from the rest, or it's just a just a realistic noise that sounds good when you mm-hmm. listen to elk in the woods. A lot of times, that bottom third, like Cody said, um, ends kind of in that growly, nasally tone, and that's just the best way uh, for us humans to replicate it that we've found. Yeah, and then last but not least, when you're talking about bugling, is the chuckle. And this this separates the raghorns from the bulls. I yeah. mean, it, truly, it's I. In my opinion, I still feel like my chuckle is my weakest aspect of calling, and I've worked a ton of time on it. And I feel like it's one of the hardest um, to master. And I by no means feel like I'm I mastered this yeah. section of the call. Yeah, and the the thing that can separate a chuckle is is the tempo of it. Um, and that's where you can tell the difference between a hunter and an elk is yeah. that tempo. And that's the hardest part to replicate. Um, and it's so fast breathing in and out that if you haven't felt like at one point you accidentally inhaled your reed, then you probably haven't practiced the chuckle enough. Yeah. Or that tried to that is it. the choking hazard of uh, figuring out the chuckle. And I, I used to blow it when I was doing a chuckle and you're just, yeah. and you're just exhaling air. You're yes. not bringing, you're not introducing any other air back in your lungs and that's where you can totally tell when it's a human trying it. Yeah. It fades off real fast. 
if you're doing a chuckle correctly, you should have the air going in or out from your diaphragm and bringing back in. So you're bringing air in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And ideally, you should be able to chuckle for a minute straight if you're doing it correctly. And you're introducing that air back into the system. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Um, And so, you know, I... I've been actually my kids picked up my bugle tube the last couple of days and I've been teaching them. They've been using their voice and I've yeah. been trying to teach my kids how to chuckle. It's been a little, little bit interesting with a yeah. four year old and a six year old, but it's, it's still pretty fun. Um, so same deal. You're going to place that reed just as you're blowing a bugle. You finish that bugle note. Um, and then that's when you're going to just chuckle. And like what Noah said, the tempo or the cadence is key on that one. And this is a good one. Um, what I'd like to do for future videos here is, is sh- instead of podcasts, but show some real real elk noises where you guys can have that way to emulate. You can also check out the Elk Nut app, and this is a, a good way. He's got a lot of good sounds and audios on there you guys can listen to um, to get the right cadence coming down. And like Noah said, some of those bulls, especially it seems like the, the nice five points that are running with cows, they've got that... Where I can't do that yet on a bugle tube, um, yeah. but so here's a here's an example of a chuckle. And as as I'm making that sound, that that note that you hear from the latex is my tongue. As I'm letting air out, my tongue is also coming up, making contact with the reed making noise as I'm sucking air back in, my tongue's dropping back down. I'm allowing that air to come in, yeah. blow externally out and build that up. It's one of those two, like you can visibly see it. And I'm sure if you listen close, you can actually hear Cody bringing air back in underneath the reed and then going back out. And if you like watch our videos or anyone else's and you, and you watch a video of someone chuckling from a side profile so I, I'll call it like the belly bouncers. You'll see, you know, their sternum and their and their gut going in and out, in and out, super fast. You know, and and something that was a breakthrough for me on it is rather than focusing on the air going in and out, it's just like focusing on that that diaphragm movement yep. because you're not going to be able to fully get that cadence uh, proficiently without your diaphragm expanding and contracting. So uh, I'll make that noise without a diaphragm in my mouth. Hopefully here you can hear that air coming in and out. I just add that little bit of voice inflection to to bring some depth to that sound. Um, It's kind of the quick one-two on all the mouth calls um, and some of those sounds that you can produce. And like I said, for for those of you that have said, I can't blow a call... um, I feel like everyone can do it. There's, it's definitely going to be more challenging for some with different palate shapes and how that air is presented. Um, if you're gagging on that call, don't stick it way back in the roof of your mouth. I, I know just in my own experience, um, back 2007, eight, I think it was 2007, Trent and Trevor had never blown a diaphragm call before. Um, and so we played around, and same deal. We were driving back from the hunting grounds had them stick it in and they both gagged on it. It's like, well, bring that call forward in your mouth, bring the angle down. So you're not tickling your tongue in the back of your tongue and making that, uh, reflex of gagging. 
um, and just practice to get an initial sound out of it. Yeah, too, like we touched on it a little bit before, but play around with it. Trim the tape around the outside of the call a little bit. If you feel like it's just too wide or too long, trim that a little bit. Or even like the, the mouthpiece on my bugle tube, I have trimmed back like a quarter inch just so I can get into it further. Um, just play around with these things and, and find what works for you. And I think if you can get those three baseline things, from there um, comes all the variations, you know. Yeah. And, and all the rest of it stems from those three things. Um, so kind of like we've talked about some of the basic sounds. There's another tool in the arsenal, like you're saying, Cody, I've tried every call in the market. I cannot blow a mouth call. I just want to be able to make a really good cow call. The next step on that um, is going to be like an external call. So we have two different calls that we make. Um, one's called the sound bite. The other one's called the two-tone. And that call, um, if you look at it, it would be like if you are familiar with waterfowl, if you took off the mouthpiece of a duck call and you see this open reed and a J-frame. So you have a soundboard and you have an elongated, re- uh, elongated reed um, and then ours has a J-frame style with a cork in it. Um, there's a lot of other different variations in the market. But that external reed is going to cause the vibration. The sound or the tone board is going to create that sound. Um, and then you're going to, with ours in particular, you'll be able to influence the sound of it out the external bell. Um, and so that one, that that call can be placed either up with the reed uh, on the face up or in the read position down. It honestly is all personal preference. And each one of us are a little bit different. I, I personally blow with the read down. I do too. Um, I know Trevor blows with the read up same with Steve. Um, and I think Trent also blows with the read down. And what you're going to do is your lips and or teeth is going to create that pressure on that read. Um, I personally, I'll take and lap, bring my lip over the bottom of my teeth and that is going to be where the the pressure starts and it's a very simple call to present air to get just the initial sound out of it you put pressure mid read on it and blow air on it and this is what that's going to sound like and it's the same deal you're bringing air from your diaphragm you're not blowing out a candle you're putting uh, pressure to air from your diaphragm and then once you get that initial noise out of it, that's when you can start manipulating up and down that soundboard with pressure um, or in pressure and length of that read. So the longer you make that read, the further that call goes into your mouth, the deeper that tone's going to get. The shorter it is, the higher pitch it is. Um, so starting out at the very tip of this call, you're not, you're not going to get any sound out of it until it's about a third of the way in. Um, so I'll just kind of basically make a, a note from the highest note all the way down to the lowest note on this. I wish you guys could have watched Cody do that. <laughs> <laughs> Noah's over here smiling ear to ear. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, so that you can tell on the very bottom end, um, how low and nasally that sound is from the very high end where you can get a calf sound out of that. Um, and so basically it's timing and length of note that's going to change whether it's a calf, um, you know, on a calf, you're not going to slide that call in and out. You're just going to let lip pressure off and let that, uh, read go from that point. And on this call, like quite honestly, the, 
I don't want to say the barrier to entry, but the learning curve on this one can be a little bit steeper. But the reason being is you can get so much more out of it than any other external call because it has that J-frame style like a duck call um, to where hand positioning matters, mouth placement matters, all that stuff matters. So you can get so many tones out of it that you can't get out of other external calls. But it does take a little bit to to play around with and to kind of find that that happy medium for uh, placement and pressure on that read. Yeah, and so like... Noah was touching on the design of this call. What we noticed, we used to stick external calls in our bugle tube trying to get louder. And like, man, this is not getting any louder. What was happening is that soundboard was actually plugged. And um, the noise was only coming externally off the face of the tone board. And so with the J-frame, we were able to bore that out. And now if you blow that call and you plug the external hole... It's very quiet, toned down. If you open that hole back up, all that sound goes down. So now we're able, like and we're in a locating scenario, you can use this external and make a loud cow call and call into a canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as far as sound profiles, I'll start with a soft calf, um, get into a normal cow call, get into an estrus call, and then get into more of like a wine type scenario. So and this is all on that one external call. Yep, yeah, this is on our two tone here. So here's a calf. And literally, that's my all I'm doing. I'm keeping my mouth in the same position. It's about three quarters of the way up the reed, just the tip of the call is in my mouth. And I'm putting pressure and letting my lip off. I'm not sliding down the tone board at all. It's just me, me, me. Um, going into a standard cow call. My lips sliding down that call about a quarter of an inch as I'm going through and making that air noise. And then into a full estrus call. You hear that nasal, that deeper cow call. And then on to a full-on estrus wine. Get that. And I've heard some wild sounds out of a cow. Like fire truck siren. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, So that's kind of just the basic sounds that we're looking for while we're, we're practicing here. Um, like I said, I would encourage you to spend as much time to where when you pick up that call, you have the confidence in it. Like, okay, I'm going to make the sound I want to make when I want to make it. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the whole chapter two, and I don't think we're, we have enough time for here today. And we'll go through is in, in the next episode is talking about situations and how to use these sounds when you're, when you're in the game of calling elk and where you go from there. Yeah. And these mouth reads too, they're, they're like gloves or shoes or socks. You know, there's going to be one that fits you the best. And every single person in our group has one that they prefer over the next, just because their natural air presentation, um, their palate size, whatever else. So if you haven't bought any mouth reads yet and like why we do the kill pack, right? Yeah. We have the collection. Yeah. It's kind of got all five of them. Yeah, so you can get all five for a discounted rate, and, and chances are there's going to be one that you love. You know, there's going to be one or two that you prefer over the other three, and that's just um, the reality of it. But the reason, you know, we do that is because there's going to be one that kind of feels like home for you. Uh, so find that one that feels like home and just work on that. And then once you get to that certain point, like Cody mentioned earlier, you will be able to 
probably pick up any any diaphragm call and be proficient on it it may not be exactly what you prefer but just find that one that fits and works for you and then just hone in on that for practice yeah no and i would agree and then when you do find the one it's like double down get a few of them because yeah. chances are you're gonna lose it you're gonna drop it down in the mud yeah. um you know any of those kind of scenarios uh make sure you have backups for season i usually carry around four or five with me when i leave the truck so yeah um, yeah. And just don't be afraid to practice. Uh, and like I said, if you're in your truck, earplugs, <laughs> if you're bugling, you know, anything like that, try to protect those ears so you can hear the bull bugle back at you in the woods. That's my one recommendation. We're saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't, what is it? Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Is that, that's the saying? Yeah. Um, or drive your wife and kids crazy, um, practicing in the house or in the garage neighbors make them dogs howl any of that Um, i actually had an old neighbor at two houses ago where we lived at and i was bugling one night just in the middle of you know like downtown springfield oregon and like after you know 15 minutes of calling i heard from like a quarter mile away i heard another dude bugle and it just jacked me up (laughs) (laughs) you got that response yeah it was like a week before season and i'm just kind of getting in my groove and all of a sudden i hear some it's obviously a person you know because i'm like 20 miles inside of town but it just jacked me up and then we went back and forth for like 30 minutes (laughs) i love it that my neighbor kyle barklow does the same thing like i'm outside bugling next thing you know grabs his bugle rips one yeah so find a good neighbor too yeah um guys i appreciate your time here and tune in listen to the born and raised audio experience this is one um as the summer goes on we're going to touch base on this more often um any questions that you guys have like i said send us an email to info at born and raised outdoors.com or shoot us a message on instagram um you can you can catch us there or hit the youtube comment section like i said we're yeah. going to be posting some more scenario stuff on YouTube, some shot placement stuff, kind yeah. of through the whole gambit, like getting ready to elk, to elk hunt. We finished out this season, this spring season. We've had an absolute blast chasing gobblers in the mountain and, and shooting some bears. Um, but it's like it's almost time. June 1st. It's it, is, it is time to yeah. make that switch. And hopefully you guys are out there getting fired up, getting in shape, shooting your bow, and getting ready for season. Yeah, so close it out i'm the one that i always make these clothes out no no one makes fun of me he's like really that's that's what you got (laughs) if you haven't bought a diaphragm read before um we have that chart on our website that kind of explains the latex thicknesses and uh it's just a it's not a venn diagram what is it uh i mean just a diagram basically you have an uh an x and a y axis and basically is the stretch and the thickness of latex and the easy use and some of the sounds you'll be able to get out of so you can kind of look through that be like okay i'm i want i've got them i can master any diaphragm i've ever put in i want the loudest bugle that i can yeah it's gonna put you in the lof yeah. read. Um, and you know we're we're launching this easy cow and maybe you got 10 bucks to spend on a read you might start with that one if you've never if you've never blown a read before yep um and all that stuff's just on born and raised and then what stores can they find reads in cody um so we've got some coming to shields Bob's is going to have some G4, the Borac, Waldron's, um, and then yeah, on Coastal, we'll have some later this summer. So yeah. working on working on a gamut of dealers. So hopefully there's one in the store near you. If not, like I said, jump online, bornandraisedcallco.com, get you hooked up. Um, man, I just I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Hopefully we've 
brought some insight that maybe there's an aha moment there that it's been one of those things that can get you over the curve and, and in the field killing some elk. Perfect. Thank you, guys.